Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Um, I am joined by the... I need to come up with a new way to describe him. Um, soon to be sex working God. from home. No, it's not sex god. I think that's a fitting affectation. No one else does, including Doesn't your matter. fiance. Doesn't matter. How is how are the, how is how are you doing at convincing your fiance that broken glass is really diamonds? Uh, not so well. She <laughs> she kind of. You know the look you give your kids when they've done something stupid and you want to be angry, but they're kind of cute. That's the kind of look she gave me, really. <laughs> sort of look of exasperation and yet sort of fondness. Yes, if you don't follow him out on Twitter, and you should, um, just don't follow him at work. Uh, he very, very sensibly put an exceptionally hot barbecue dish on a hardened glass table. Oh, and it wasn't was, a barbecue dish. It was a portable barbecue. Well, that's what I meant. Oh, right. We didn't say that. I, I didn't. But you're underselling the story, I feel. Uh, so, basically, a piece of tin foil filled with hot rocks on yeah. a hardened glass table. Now, what happened to the hardened glass table, Matt? Uh, did you know? Ooh, scary thunder. Um, apparently, toughened glass is not heat resistant. So I went back into the kitchen to prepare the salad and heard this strange noise and came out and it turns out the glass will shatter if it gets hot enough. How how long how long did it take before you put it on there from it to breaking? Oh, it, it was it had been on there probably about half an hour because it had, I'd lit it and it had heated up and the food was on there. And then she she who will be her body says, "Well, you can't eat that now. It's got glass all over it." I went, "No, nah, be fine." So I just sort of brushed it off and gave it a quick rinse under the tap and finished cooking it under the grill. No glass was present. Um, what other pleasantries? Oh, yes, cricket last night. Awesome! <laughs> yes, we were quite good. Um, yes, England South, T20 South Africa weren't smashed good. the South Africans. They were poor. It had to be said. Yes, they were. They were poor. They just didn't, they, they just didn't seem to get going. But great bowling, I feel. It was. The debutantes were excellent. Yes, and, you know... Willie striking early. <laughs> yeah, first ball. Certainly helped. Yes. Can't beat a good hard Willie first up. In your face. Smashing into your wood. It's still not as good as the batsman's holding the, holding uh, the bowler's Willie, Willie, is it? Really? No. no. But it's close. Um, there was one the other day. It was Graham Swan and Charles Dagnall. This is TMS, if people don't know. Um, and they were talking about the white ball being heavier and heavy white balls swinging. <laughs> and Graham completely lost it. I mean, totally and utterly. It was an epic meltdown. Awesome. I missed that one. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably still on there. Um... The BC website. Uh, what oh else? my days! The heavens have just opened. I've got washing on the line, and I just cannot be asked to get it in. Oh well, it will dry. It will, it will cease raining, and then it will dry. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? What are the housekeeping? Oh, the new blog. Oh yeah. So we have a blog. Yes, like multimedia cross-platform insemination to your brain. Yeah, it's called foolsdaily.blog. Genius. I thought so. Yeah. Um, and eventually it will end up being the home of this show. Because I've worked out that if I write a blog post and attach the uh, file for the thing, then it puts yeah. it in a little built-in player so you can listen on the website. But you can also Ooh. still download it, and there's still yeah. the RSS feed for iTunes and everything. So people got no excuse, really. So eventually, full, so eventually, it's probably at the end of this month, actually, the foolsdaily.com archive will get frozen and everything will get redirected. And if you just want to see the um, the podcast, they'll all be categorized under the category podcast. So you click on that and it just shows them all. Why it, would people only be interested in the podcast when we write such wonderful prose? I don't know. But they might Stupid. be. Stupid. Stupid. But they might want the podcast to listen to, to download, to listen to on the train. Oh, yeah. So we better speak up. Yes, because we know people listen to us on the train. Yeah, cause, and then piss and moan about it. <gasps> no, I mean, you're right. You can say that. Okay. Just don't say it again. I won't. Good. I didn't mean to. It just popped out. That's what you said to your girlfriend. Fiance. Sorry, fiance. I always get... Fiance is such a poncy word. I'm such a poncy person. Well, you're not really, are you? I am. I'm full of ponce. I've got a man bag. <laughs> Fair enough. I can say nothing to that. So, what are we going to talk about today? Loads. Oh, but just for this one, yes. I think we're going to talk about campaign settings. Yes. Because... Matt has a new job. Hooray for Matt! Um, and Matt's new job means that he can work at home. In my pants. You don't wish you don't wear? Well, I might put some on to work, because oh, it's okay. like formal and stuff. <laughs> okay. But, more gaming will ensue. Yep. Or at least this is the plan. It's a good plan. I think it's a good plan. Um, and so we've been planning out what we've been going to do. And then Matt had, quite worryingly, a very good idea. There's been a few of those floating around. The happiness, it's very worried, but this is a particularly good idea. Um, so why don't you talk to us about Ascension? Well, here's the thing. As some of you, dear listeners, will know, if you've been following us for a little while, um, we had a little tinker about in the sort of post-apocalyptic environment, um, and I came up with a town, uh, a, a venue for our post-apocalyptic games, um, and called it Ascension. Um, and it was always going to be kind of a, a centre point. Now, for those that of recent history. Ascension is something I've had in my brain for quite some time. It was the town that I was going to base um, back when I was doing a lot of zombie gaming 
right, seven or eight years ago, um, using 15 mil scale stuff, and it was always going to be the town uh, that, that all the games going to take place in. Um, and I was thinking as we sort of talked through wanting to do Fistful of Kung Fu again, um, and our post-apocalyptic gaming that. Blimey, that is yeah, that is proper rumbly, poury down, rainy thunder type shenanigans, which is great because it's took it down to about seven hundred and fifty thousand degrees. Scary though. Um, so essentially, it was going to be the venue for that. It was going to be the ascent, uh, the sort of the venue for the post-apocalyptic stuff, which somebody who owns a laser cutting terrain company very graciously kind of adopted it as the name of a range of the post-apocalyptic stuff that he was producing. Yeah, because it was a good name. And I was, it got me thinking of, and, and really the, the influence comes from back in the late 80s, early 90s, when, like everybody else back then, I was reading a lot of Stephen King books, um, and he had the town of Derry, <clears throat> which was in a very similar vein kind of a center point for a lot of his stories and i thought well we'll we'll continue that theme so ascension is going to be my town through the ages for many of my game systems so it will do for the town for fistful of kung fu it will be the the location of our post-apocalyptic gaming but also going back in time it will be the town that's on the kind of texas mexico border that our Dead Man Hand games can take place in. It could be the town that our Chicago Way gangster games take place in. Um, <clears throat> so not only will it provide, if you like, almost a linked narrative through history, which sounds awfully pompous and poncy. Um, See, that, but does, it allows, that does sound poncy. Yeah. But it allows for certain key locations to kind of keep reappearing through some of our games and tie them in. So, you know, we could have... Uh, you know the the graveyard. We can have um, a, big, a a reoccurring statue that gets built at some point uh, um, through. And as the town changes shape, um, there'll be some key areas that will change, but some that will remain the same. So you know the church may get rebuilt, but it will be on the same site through all of the different games. Yeah, um, and can, it just I was going to say we ties some games together. Yeah, and we can do things like um, have certain pieces of terrain um, that, depending on what era we're playing, is in different forms. Yeah. So um, this morning, I've been working on a series of ranch-style houses. Um, American listeners will know what I mean by a ranch-style house. Basically, single single-level wide-spaced housing generally has a deck at the front sort of thing. If you search for ranch-style housing on the internet, you'll see a shed load of pictures. So I've been working on some of those. Uh, Fallout, the f houses in Fallout 4 in Sanctuary are ranch-style. Um, so I've been working on some of those, but to make one of those, you basically make a, a pristine version. But then you can chop it up, and you can make a wrecked version as well. And you have... Uh, you know, the same area can appear. You can have the housing estate, and then it appears in the zombie bit, and yeah, stuff. Just same layout, just slightly damaged buildings and things. So yeah, um, and from that point of view, <clears throat> one of the things that we, we've—I don't know whether we've particularly discussed on air, but certainly I think most people will have picked up—is 
the love that we have for a narrative through our gaming, whether that's <clears throat> excuse me within an individual single game and in effect finding that cinematic narrative or you know building that story and and my thought was that this just allows us to 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 build build a story that again it, it allows certain things to cross over so you can have family names so <clears throat> your crime family that you know were the bad guys in dead man's hand can have the same surname as your crime family or they may become the police chief or you know the the, the i was thinking about it last night there are, if you think about the uh, Back to the Future trilogy, yes, that that does it particularly well, where you can see almost transition of background stuff um, through the three different time, three, one, two, yeah, three different time periods. Yeah, four, four, eighty fifty, old west, fifties, old west future. Oh yeah, four. <clears throat> I did count four, and then I changed my mind. So yeah, so that that's the plan for Ascension anyway. So there will be we we can work on some iconic um, terrain pieces. We, we can work on uh, um, a very loose map that will give us a rough idea of you know zoning areas for one of a better yeah, term. Yeah, so it shows where the town where the town square is in relation to. Um, the factories. Yeah. And just allow us to, to develop out that um, in a series of linked games as opposed to necessarily a defined campaign. But, you know, there are Fistful of Kung Fu will allow for a little bit of character development, likewise Dead Man's Hands, probably Chicago's Way being based upon the same platform. Um, and post-apocalyptic, if we're playing... Um, this is not a test, certainly allows for kind of gang progression. Yeah. yeah. But also what we have, I mean, also, we do, we do love a, li- a nice campaign. You know, it's one of the, yeah. hu- it's one of the huge appeals of something like um, a Blood Bowl is that you see progression of your team. Yeah. So, um, away from, away from Ascension, which sort of covers our, almost like nearly all of our skirmish gaming. I mean, the only thing it really probably wouldn't cover is um, something like uh, Frostgrave. Well, yeah, Frost. Well, Frostgrave because it's a defined thing. I was thinking more um, in Her Majesty's name. Yeah. Um, purely because it's we've set it in America, and you know, in well, you've set it in America. Um, and okay. even, you know, more, it's actually, you know, the Texas-Mexico border. So, um, the chances of us... It doesn't sort of fit. If we did a pulp game... Yeah. That well, I don't know, because as I, as I said to you on the email the other day, in the second of the In Her Majesty's Name books, there is... Oh, that's right. You um, Zorro. Some old... Some old there is a Zorro and a kind of Mexican gang. So I was looking at the Mexicans doing double service for In Her Majesty's Name and um, Dead Man's Hand with my gang being something like 
Robin Hood's gang in the Time Bandits. So Zorro is this slightly stupid, idealistic person at the front, but actually all of the Mexican banditos that make up his gang are not robbing from the rich to give to the poor. They're just robbing from the rich to keep themselves. I just thought that'd be a, a fun little play on Zorro. Yeah, no, that would work. Okay. Um, but whilst it's a campaign setting, it's not a campaign per se, what we're talking about with this. And the other thing that we have been talking about and that I've been writing is actually doing a branching campaign. Um, yeah. Mainly for Dragon Rampant. As a way of getting that narrative and linking our stories, the stories together. Uh, so this week I've been, I've started writing um, a set of campaign rules for for Dragon Rampant, along with a branching campaign. Cool. Um, and I think it looks like it's going to come down to about ten games. Um, across, you know, various things. And regardless of who wins or loses each game, you end up at the same point. You end up at the, the climatic fight. It just depends on which side you're on of the climatic fight. Yeah. Um, but there are... The opening... The prologue is Border Raid, um, where you have to... The attacker has to stop the scouts get lighting the signal fire. Yeah. And if they, cause it's if they, like the beginning of Mulan. Yes, yes, very like the beginning of Mulan. Because um, if you like the signal, if you like the signal fire, then the next, the diff- the game after the prologue is different. Yeah. Um, and then there's even I've written it in such a way that there's there's you can do counter punching stuff. So um, if you lose, if you lose two or three games in a row, then you end up in a scenario where you're sort of going to. Di- They've overextended themselves. Yeah. And so you become, you, instead of constantly being the defender because you're constantly losing the games, you suddenly become the attacker and you're going to disrupt their supply lines. And then you can, the whole campaign can pivot. Yeah. Um, yeah, because sometimes that, that can be, if you're par- playing a pure campaign, once you're on the back foot, particularly on in games, if you think back to things like, to a degree, Blood Bowl, although that had that levelling process, but... If you have a couple of good games and get the upper hand, if your uh, your opponent can really struggle to recover from that, and then it becomes less fun, and then the games don't get played because why am I going to turn up just to get a beating? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there needs to be that process of leveling and again feeding the narrative, I guess, for the want of a better term. Yeah, yeah. And one of the scenarios that I really, really want to get in is a whole seven samurai start, um scenario, a whole last oh, stand thing. Yeah, where you just have, you know, probably seven <laughs> uh, single-figure units. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be good. And uh, you fight the horde, and you know you're going to lose, but it's how long? It's basically how many turns can you survive? Yeah, because you're assembling the. You know, it's the. I can't remember what his name. What the Roman on the bridge. Jeff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't called Jeff. What was his name? 
There's a there's a myth, isn't there? That this Roman on the bridge held up um, the invading Hun army for ages. Yeah. And thus uh, the armies were able to reform. I'm sure it begins with an H. Harry. <laughs> Might have been Harry. Could have been. Don't know. Yeah. But um, so I thought, so I've been working on that, and then alongside that, putting together some sort of um, experience rules mm-hmm. um, to do with casualties that you take versus casualties that you suffer, and yeah, um, and you can get effectively, re- effectively, what you end up with um, because you obviously don't want to do stat advances. Um, no. If you can, if you can avoid it, because you start disrupting the balance, you Breaking effectively end up with rerolls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for that particular unit, for um, the next game, or the next, basically the next time they use it. Yeah. Um, so that uh, you can use. Because it you're to- talking about having a a pool of units. Yes. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that you. The idea is is that we'll start with, um, and this is particularly Dranger Rampant, um, you start with 100 points to buy your units, and that's it. And there are, you have to have a general, a sub-general, and then you'll fr- free reign to pick whatever else you want. Yeah. Now, the games won't be played at 100 points, because, frankly, I think the system will break down if you got that big. Yeah, well, we've sort of found 36 points is around the sort of sweet spot for those rules. Yeah. Um, but you can pick and choose depending on what the scenario is. You know, if you're on defense, you might put your missile troops out. But, of course, yeah. the troops that you're using more often are the ones that are going to start gaining the bonuses because they're the ones that are getting the experience. So, you know, you you throw all your rookies out who haven't got anything and... You know your your opponent's elites come sweeping in and just chaff before the wind, yeah, sort of thing. So I thought, you know, that's that's the plan. So um, I've started writing the ideas down, and I started swearing at PowerPoint yesterday because I don't have Visio to draw my um, branching campaign diagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing it in PowerPoint, and I remembered how much I hate PowerPoint. <laughs> mm. But uh, but that should get, that should give us something to play as well, and then you know it's not army specific. It's just you know yeah. it's it is specific in the fact that it's an invasion. It's one force invading another lands. Yeah. But beyond that, it's um, you know it's generic because it's for Dragon Rampant, and Dragon Rampant is whatever miniatures you put on the table. It sounds all fab and groovy, and where would people be able to read about our progress on right. such things? Well, you know, remember that blog that we mentioned at the beginning of the program? Oh, yeah! Um, so if you look on there now, um, you see things about things like, oh, the Fool's, the Fool's Daily Weekly Hobby Pledge. Oh, yeah. Another of Matt's brilliant ideas. Tell me, I'm on a roll. You are. Um, but yeah, so you, if you go on the blog, then you can read it. And there's um, there's one post about Ascension already up, actually. Um, yeah, so I did put something up there just to rough out the idea. Yeah, with all fancy pictures and everything. Yeah. Done with, like, the cartoon filter. Yep. They looked very good. Um, 
But so, yeah, so there's some stuff about Ascension, um, but we're going to expand everything about... Everything that we play, we're basically going to write up on there at the same time. Um, but alongside that, you can also look at um, our progress on the Fool's Daily Weekly Hobby Pledge, or hashtag FDWHP. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, which is basically um, a way of doing New Year's resolutions on a weekly basis. Because we're not very good at doing New Year's hobby resolutions. Um, well, we're good at making them. We're good at making them. We're not very good at actually achieving them because our attention span is too short. Yeah. And it turns out our attention span is just about a week. <laughs> yeah. So that seems to be functioning quite nicely as well. Yeah. So Matt had this idea that we basically come up with three hobby goals for the week. And it could be, the hobby goal could be build a unit, paint a model. Yeah, they're as big, big or as small as we want to make them. Yeah. I mean, you know, just clean up a few figures. Yeah, which is one of mine this for this week is to I've got about six jars full of figures in paint stripper and I need to get them sorted. So that's one of my goals for this week is to actually get that done. And then you um and it can be also it's not necessarily take things to completion. So you can say progress a unit. So basically mm-hmm. just put more some more paint on it than it had at the beginning of the week. And because it's you know it's your hobby goals, so you can just set it. And we've been updating on Twitter, and you get a point for each one that you achieve. Um, and it yeah, it's just a our butterfly nature and our love of procrastination. Um, it was just really a try and combat that and actually get some bloody stuff done. And well, yes, as. So far, it seems to be ticking along quite nicely. It has worked remarkably well. Um, There's definitely things that are getting paint on them that have been sat unpainted for quite some time. Well, my Frostgrave Warband, for starters. Yeah, and, and the Fistful of Kung Fu Police Force that I bought when we first started playing Fistful of Kung Fu probably two years ago, maybe even more. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it has it has been good. So I mean, I have certainly painted miniatures and other things that I thought would never get painted. So last week I painted Frostgrave treasure markers. Would never have thought I would ever actually paint the Frostgrave treasure markers that I had, but I did. I painted Frostgrave treasure markers, um, and I finished my Frostgrave warband. And this week I am painting Detrius the Troll. Detritus. Yes, I was calling Detritus though, because when I'm re- when I speed read, that's how it goes into my head. Mm. Um, and so I'm painting him, and I would I would put money on him never ever getting paint on. Yeah. Yes, I painted my Shadow War Armageddon Talon, which have been banging around for quite some time before. You know, they were they were in the box long before Shadow War Armageddon was even a twinkle in their eye. But it gave me a, a reason and an opportunity to paint them up. So um, I've, I've crashed those out. As I say, I'm now painting some 
police types for Fistful of Kung Fu. If we would have started this at the start of the year, I would have definitely painted more than 365 figures in a year because I've done, what, 30, maybe 30 in the last three weeks. I see I haven't done that many. Well, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 talent. Um, five police that I've already done this week. I will certainly get at least another probably 10 figures done this week for my police force. I've got my plague demons in front of me for Dragon Rampant. They'll get done this week. That's another 12 figures. It's- yeah, the thing I'm struggling with it is is adjusting my painting level yes that's that's the that's the issue that I, that's the issue that i'm having and that's what i'm struggling with is realizing not everything is trying to win a painting competition yes or n- not even that just to be the best of my ability yeah um so that was the biggest thing that i had painting the kung fu school this week was Accepting that I don't need to dot the eyes and stuff. Yeah. Um, that good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm. But then, because I'm switching, so detritus, for example, I'm really going to town on him. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, putting a lot of effort into him, and I think it's paying. I think it's paying off. I'm pretty. Well, he, looks, he looks awesome. I'm very happy with him. Uh, and that whole that whole crew is the best painted stuff I've I've seen that you've ever done. But it takes a, you know it just takes a long time, yeah, to do. And I've never been a speed painter anyway, so no, it's just not in my nature. But you know, every figure done is one figure less unpainted, and a reason to buy something else. That's right. Reason to buy new toys. Yeah, it's painted, doesn't begin. That's right, like Relic Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, because I'm... Oh, thunder, thunder's reached here now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've been thinking about mm-hmm. um, getting some new display cabinets. Because I might make... Yeah. Next, <clears> week, <throat> next week's hobby pledge, I might just make one thing worth three points. Okay. Which is tidy up the box of doom that's worthy of three points see i think it's worthy of three points as well if i you know just clipping all that stuff off the freight the plastic frames and actually sorting stuff out yeah um that's one hell of an undertaking i think that might be what i do next week anyway that's probably it for this show yeah so, Ascension, great. Campaigns, yay. Fool's Daily Weekly Hobby Pledge, whoop. Uh, blog, whoop, whoop. Uh, Barbecue on glass table. No. No, bad. Um, but there we go. There, all on message, yeah. all on point. Bang. Very corporate and ting. It is. Right, well, until next time, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. Bye-bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>